Hollywood is reeling from yet another major loss today. Actress Carrie Fisher of Star Wars fame has died. Her family is remembering her tonight as a rock who loved bringing joy to those she loved. And Carrie Fisher's mother released this statement on Facebook, quote, Thank you to everyone who has embraced the gifts and talents of my beloved and amazing daughter. I am grateful for your thoughts and prayers that are now guiding her to her next stop. Fisher has had a decades-long career in Hollywood, but was best known for her role as Princess Leia in the acclaimed Star Wars franchise. Harrison Ford, who played opposite Fisher as Han Solo, put out this statement just a few hours ago. He wrote, quote, Carrie was one of a kind, brilliant, original, funny and emotionally fearless. She lived her life bravely. My thoughts are with her daughter, Billy, her mother, Debbie, her brother, Todd, and her many friends. We will all miss her. And Carrie Fisher touched generations of fans who grew up idolizing her as Princess Leia in Star Wars. Fans of sci-fi superstar Carrie Fisher are devastated. Sad loss. She's irreplaceable. It's very sad. She was a legend. She was an amazing actress. She just changed all the Hollywood vibe. Known to the world as Princess Leia of Star Wars, the actress, author, and screenwriter passed away today at 60 years old, leaving an imprint on the hearts of many. She's my first crush, kind of, because I grew up when the re-releases came out. So it's it pretty our news. Many describe Fisher as a force who will be dearly missed. It wasn't that long ago when another franchise lost one of their tent poles. And, uh, Jim, you and I were saying, and almost prophetically, that there was going to come a day when the Star Wars community felt a similar loss. I don't think we ever believed it would happen so quickly, but here we are. It's hard to believe, Jason, that we're talking about the death of Carrie Fisher here on Rebel Force Radio. That was very hard for me to even say that. And obviously, you're drawing reference to Star Trek and the death of Leonard Nimoy in uh, 2015, which uh, was hard on everyone. And because he had that sort of status as an actor who really affected the pop culture fabric. But Carrie Fisher, Hollywood royalty, has has left us. And uh, we saw it coming. We were bracing ourselves, Jason, but now, now that it's actually reality, I just, I really want to just close my eyes right now and not to, not to like pretend that it didn't happen, but just to really focus in on what my heart is telling me to say right now, because this is a show that I really never wanted to do. I didn't think we were going to do. If I ever even considered doing a, a tribute show to someone from the, from, you know, I mean, we're talking the big three, Mark yeah. Harrison and Carrie. 
And then beyond that, anyone else who could be considered within that realm would be George Lucas himself. Right. Now, not to be, not to, like, there have been times in the past where I have considered what it would be like to do a George Lucas tribute show. But never in my mind, despite all the demons that plagued her and the fast wing that she would ride in sometimes, I never, ever, ever considered the, the, the day that we would be sitting behind the microphone talking about the loss of Carrie Fisher. And at the age of 60, which is... She still had a lot of time ahead she of herself. A, she had a ton of time. And and, I, and I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, we have had thoughts about various people. And it was, you know, and Carrie Fisher, in some ways, really was, you know, it was so obvious, right? Um, because she did have uh, so many struggles and public struggles. We're not talking out of school here. I mean, she literally wrote books about her struggles and was, you know, and was channeling that in such a way to try to be, uh, if not a role model, certainly someone that those of us who have had our own struggles can relate to. I think that was her thing. She never did it in a preachy way. She never did it in a way that elevated herself above other people. In fact, quite the opposite. I think Carrie Fisher was the, the, the queen uh, of that self-effacing humor. And so I think that's one of the things I always appreciated about her is that her struggles gave her a certain humility that mm. is so lacking, I think, in a lot of people in, in the entertainment business, particularly those that have reached that sort of iconic status. Um, and so the fact that she is such a – had been up to this point such a survivor, I, I'm with you. I, 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 she was the last person I would have thought of. She True. certainly had been through a lot. I mean, you consider uh, just growing up in the Hollywood system uh-huh. is, is enough to wipe out many. Sure. You know, she was a child star. Uh, Debbie was bringing her in front of the cameras from a very young age. And then she started, she began her movie career in her mid-teens. Yeah. She was a child star. Well, and she was she was the daughter of, you know, one of America's sweethearts. You know, I mean, Debbie Reynolds was... Um, she was, uh, this sort of, uh, model of, uh, you know, not unlike I'm thinking actresses, um, like, uh, Sandra D, uh, where they just were this model of sort of American girlness of the 1950s. And that must've been very difficult because, uh, uh, despite Carrie being quite beautiful, she never was sort of that girly girl. Uh, she always had an edge to her. In fact, our our pal Paul Bateman, uh, gosh, just a matter of a month or so ago, posted on Facebook some really cool and and quite rare, I think, uh, rarely seen interview footage of of Carrie. I believe. It, it may have been on the set of Empire or right after A New Hope. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. And she's so adorable. And what struck me, though, is how uh, – what's the word? I don't want to use the word tomboy. That's not what I'm trying to say. But how rough and tumble she was at the same time, edgy. Um, and I just love the fact that she could be this you know, incredibly sexy and, and feminine person. Uh, person and at the same time have this 
rawness and this edge to her. And, you know, a lot of times it's easy to think that that's something that came with Carrie Fisher as she got older. And you go back and you look at some of the read some of the interviews and look at some of the old footage. And she was a pistol back then, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was she was one of the first to break through the boys club and prove that she definitely belonged there. And uh, that line has grown thinner and thinner in the uh, preceding decades. And that has a lot to do with the impact that Carrie Fisher had, specifically with her role of Princess Leia in Star Wars. And, you know, the thing that hurts me um, is that Carrie, you know, Princess Leia, she required being rescued in the original Star Wars And that was something that Han and Luke took upon themselves to do for, you know, whatever motivations they had. Luke, who seemed to be very idealistic and pure, Han simply wanted reward and riches. And and also he wanted to get out of a tough situation. But whatever their motivations were, we as an audience, we wanted to rescue her as well. And she was always that princess she was always that damsel in distress one who was very capable and who could handle herself but that's how she was introduced to us in the original star wars and so with that that toughness she had with that edge she had there was always that vulnerability and i think that like sort of shifted over into her real life as well as she was so open about her struggles with mental illness, with drug addiction, etc. You almost wanted to save her from that. Instead of battling the Empire, she was battling her inner demons. And she also did a lot, speaking very publicly, putting on a very brave public face to speak openly about mental illness Mm -hmm. and to destigmatize a lot of the opinions that are out there, the the popular opinions about mental illness. It's more prevalent than you think, folks. And Carrie was very open about her struggles with that. And we all know about it. And and you know what? Sometimes it made her, uh, she she made herself the joke in a punchline. Mm -hmm. And so it was easy to pile on to things like that. You know, how easy, you know, would it have been, Jim, though, for someone... You know, if you were really, if you really wanted to hide, you know, if you really wanted to just uh, hold up with your, with your, your, you know, your, your drugs and your angst and, 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 and whatnot, how easy would it be just to take your money, cash your checks and go do that? But what I, what I so loved about Carrie Fisher is from very early on, she was one of the first before Mark Hamill. When Mark was still sort of struggling with his legacy as a Star Wars actor, Carrie was doing shows. Carrie was meeting the fans. Carrie was doing what she famously has called now the celebrity lap dance. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, well, it might have been for the money. It might have been for this. It might have been for that. You know, we were talking about a celebrated author, writer, and someone who has um, certainly uh, made plenty of fortune in her time i think there was something and you know there are very few people that will know the real answer to this but i think she really really got something out of getting close with 
the fans. And I, I, you know, it may have started out as purely a financial decision, but what kept bringing her back to show after show after show after show? You take somebody who has an addictive personality and you give them that adulation. You give them that natural drug of everybody loving you and rooting for you and wanting to be around you. I'm sure that that was very attractive for her. Wow, well, hearing you say that, because, um, yeah, let's let's get away from the things that the demons that haunted Carrie. And let's talk about the things that really affected us and what really brought Carrie Fisher into our lives. And that is simply just being fans. And we were big fans of Carrie and we still are and we always will be. And I remember one of the first public appearances she made in the realm of fandom was at Star Wars Celebration 2 in Indianapolis back in 2002. I was there with my brother, Bill, and uh, we had uh, media badges, and uh, we were there representing CBS Radio, WCKG in Chicago, and the Kevin Matthews Show. And my goal was, um, I really, you know, I was feeling like Star Wars was growing into something big enough for mainstream media to really latch on to and stuff. And so I was presenting a lot of audio recordings, interviews. I was talking to fans. I was talking to a lot of the um, the uh, celebrities there. I did a great interview with Warwick Davis. I remember it was more of a bit than an inter- interview, and I think we played that on a, one of our podcasts a thousand years ago. But uh, we were walking around the place with our microphones, and that was the same show Richard LaParment here. <laughs> ah, yeah. Asked me if I was effing mad. Uh Um, (laughs) but, uh, we kept circling the room Carrie was at because this was one of her very first conventions, if not the very first one. And, uh, we, we kept thinking, uh, boy, can we, can we break through? Can we get to the white whale? You know, she was our white whale and there was an intimidation factor with the two of us because (laughs) we knew of Carrie's acerbic wit and we also recognized her height on the pedestal of Hollywood royalty, being film fans ourselves, understanding who Eddie Fisher was, knowing who Debbie Reynolds is. Well, you know, I I think back to, um, real quick, Jim, because, yes, this is something that uh, really, really, I don't want to say haunted me, but it was certainly on my mind knowing that I was going to go interview Carrie Fisher's. I'm such a fan of old Hollywood. And hearing her tell stories, you know, on the Howard Stern show and things about waking up in the morning as a kid and going out in the kitchen, there's Frank Sinatra or mm-hmm. Dean Martin sitting at the breakfast table in the morning. Um, that's just, uh, that's not normal, right? <laughs> that's, that's not... But to Carrie, it certainly was normal. Yeah, right. That was her life. That was her lifestyle. And uh, that's just the only life that she ever knew. And uh, so she certainly was, uh, as Lor Santeca says, to us, she will always be royalty. And that's, uh, boy, that's just thinking about that line just kind of gave me uh, chills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, we never did get to our so-called white whale. We never even saw Carrie. But oh, no, we saw her on stage during the panel. And uh, I have a recording of that panel, too. And uh, so, you know what? Um, I, I was I was doing a little work on this before the show started, Jason. I've been going through all of my Carrie Fisher audio, all of my Princess Leia audio. I keep everything I touch, folks. Uh, some of the things I have are exclusively recorded by me. I'm putting them all together into a montage, which you will hear 
after uh, uh, in this show, in this show, after our discussion about Carrie is, is over. I'm still working on it. Who knows how long it can go, but it'll be some great Carrie Fisher moments from throughout her entire career. And uh, it, it'll be a, a very nice, I, I hope, tribute to uh, all of the, the wonderful and entertaining moments she provided us with over the years. She was unpredictable. She was outspoken. She was uh, glib at times. She was a little dirty sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We called her Auntie Carrie here on Rebel <laughs> Force Radio. Yeah, get and- out the uh, earmuffs, kids. Get out those Star Puff earmuffs and put them on nice and tight because Auntie Carrie's in the room and she is shooting from the hip. And that's what we always counted on Carrie to do. You know, she she, she there was a shift where, you know, there were there, as a fan, you would look at her as the little sister sometimes. And then other times you would look at her as the matriarch of the family. You know, there was, she just covered such a wide spectrum. And that is because of the fact that her legacy in in celluloid will always remember her, her whole long reign as, as our princess. And, and it'll always be there for us to check in with her anytime we want. But man, oh man, does it hurt to know that she was just ripped away from us like this. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, 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 to really process for me right now, Jason. It's, um, something that I was bracing myself for following the terrible news from last Friday. The news was rather obvious when it happened on Friday that what the outcome was going to be. Sadly, um, I couldn't, I couldn't maintain any optimism following those initial reports and I knew it was just a matter of time. And, uh, sadly it happened. Uh, my goodness, um, you know, I true, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, California royalty, and really, you know, the, the princess of, uh, of Star Wars. And uh, so uh, it's really hard, you know, <clears throat> it's really hard to, to just sort of put into actual verbal articulation the thoughts going through my head right now, even though I had really been thinking about this all day. Now that I'm sitting here, it's the words are not coming to me as easily as I wish they would. Well, I, you know, for me, I think that it's always, you know, when you lose someone and, and it, it's hard to eulogize someone that you didn't know personally because you want to, you know, that's that's where you go to is uh, you want to hear from those folks that 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 lived with this person. And and we certainly didn't. Um, uh, I'm, you know, so fortunate having been on this amazing ride of star wars podcasting that it actually led me to sit across the table from her and you know look into those beautiful eyes of hers and ask her you know try to mutter out a few questions um the most nervous i've ever been for an interview but by far um not that you know meeting mark hamill wasn't such a great honor and it it is um but it was that unpredictability factor yeah, that you yeah. just knew you know Carrie was not a, 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 an easy inter- she's a great interview she was a great interview but not necessarily an easy interview you don't know what kind of mood she's in and she's very very honest as you say you know she could be having a bad day and she could say oh you know this interview's crap I don't want to do this. Um, But uh, she was playing with this a little bit, as I recall. My biggest regret is that um, I I, I wish I always wish that I had a second uh, chance at it because I would have loved to have maybe played along with her a little bit more um, because she does. She you know, she did have such a great sense of humor. um, And I think she really enjoyed talking to the fans 
uh, about the character and about her career. And, you know, another favorite movie of mine that she was in, and a lot of people forget that she was in it, but um, to me, the film that that absolutely defined romantic comedy was and will always be when Harry met Sally written by her great friend, the phenomenal, you know, also passed away, Nora Ephron. It just Mm -hmm. defined that genre. And, and she plays Meg Ryan's friend and she's got these little throwaway lines and she's with Bruno Kirby throughout the film. And they've got such great chemistry together. If you're looking for a flick, uh, for some of our younger listeners that have maybe never li- watched that movie, if you're looking for a movie to enjoy Carrie Fisher in outside of Star Wars, I really recommend that one. It's also great for the holidays, too, because uh, they're flashing forward through uh, various Christmases and New Year's throughout the movie. Great movie. She's got so many great lines. Um, and uh, The Burbs. The Burbs is another <laughs> one where she's... And that's an easily forgotten film, too. It is, and it's so damn funny, and, and Very she's quirky. so great in it, and Tom Hanks is in it, yes. um, and uh, so that's another one that I that I really, really enjoy, uh-huh. uh, but um, yeah, I, I always wanted that second bite at the apple of the, sure, uh, of the Carrie sure. Fisher interview, and you know, we did... I, I, you know, you, um, you know, you'd, you'd had a lot more experience interviewing celebrities uh, than I did, and and you know, I tried to hang on as best I could, but I just couldn't believe <laughs> that I was there. First yes, it was, it was, it was a, a wild situation. When we're done with our uh, Carrie Fisher memories here on Rebel Force Radio, uh, immediately following, you are going to hear our one and only <laughs> conversation with Carrie Fisher. I, it happened in. 2010 at uh, the very first ever C2E2 here in Chicago. And uh, Jason was in town for that. And we were lucky enough to be able to sit down with Carrie Fisher as she was taking a break from signing autographs. And that was with uh, the infamous chicken fingers. Yes, she was eating chicken chicken fingers. She was taking a chicken finger break. And what was really interesting is that uh, we were working with Official Picks at the time, and Mark Walters, who is with Official Picks, was Carrie's handler, uh, so to speak, for that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie had a plate of chicken fingers, chicken tenders, mm-hmm. that she with barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. and uh, she was eating them, and. Um, they said, okay, well, you could come in. And I think we said something. Well, we don't want to interrupt your meal here. She's like, oh, come on in, come on in. So we went into this. It was just, you know, this this private, like it was like a tent almost in the middle of the convention center. <laughs> yeah. So we're in uh-huh. there with Mark, and Mark is sitting there. And um, Carrie left the chicken tenders on Mark's left, and she was sitting to his right. About midway through our conversation, Carrie's like thinking to herself, why am I talking to these yahoos when those chicken figures are sitting right there? I got to get my hands on those. So she then reaches over Mark during the interview. Doesn't pull the plate to her, no. but just kind of pulls off a tender and takes a bite out of it to see if she could get away with it. And she did. I mean, we'll, we'll, I would let Carrie Fisher eat a, a, a full chicken right there during the interview. <laughs> a live one. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a la Ozzy Osbourne or something. Right. But so she 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 then takes a bite and goes, this is great. I'm having the chicken tenders while talking to these morons. But yeah, oh, 
you know what's missing? The sauce. <laughs> so then, again, without pulling the plate in front of her, she reaches over Mark, mm-hmm. dips into the sauce, and this continues for the rest of the interview. If we weren't so nervous and, like, freaking out, yeah. because, you know, we had a specific time window to talk to her and everything, um, we probably would have said, Carrie, get those fingers over there and start chowing away and just relax and let's have fun. But no, it wasn't like that. We were both very nervous. Now, what do you think would have um, happened if we would have gone for one of those chicken things? Oh, oh do you mind? <laughs> See, we wouldn't do that because Carrie Fisher is Hollywood royalty. Right, and right. We knew that there was never a moment of familiarity in that way. I was nervous. And I think she sensed that because at one point during the interview, she reached over and grabbed my hand. And I thought my mm. head was going to explode. Mm. I really, And if you go back and listen to the old podcast from back then, I'll bet you anything, I said the exact same thing. <laughs> when she reached over and grabbed my hand, I was like, either I'm going to poop my pants <laughs> or my head is going to explode. Either way, I'm going to look bad and Swank is going to take over and be Carrie Fisher's best friend. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that, actually. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so I mean, it was uh, it was something I'll never forget. I, I, I mean, and of course now I'm beyond um, blessed and fortunate that I have that experience to to look back on. Um, and you know, that was the thing too. I, I think back was it was it Celebration Five with the main event with John Stewart and uh, and George. Yeah, that's right. That was Celebration Five, and 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 uh, both Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher surprised everybody. Uh, I believe that was the year and came out on stage with George and um, I, Carrie said a few choice things. I remember, I remember there was some talk about French kissing job of the hut. Did you ever put the nude scenes back in? <laughs> they have a huge me and job of porn scene that he. <laughs> but, you know, looking back on that now, it was like, wow, that's really what that moment needed. You know, it was whenever things got kind of heavy and you might start taking yourself or being a fan too seriously. Not that, you know, a Star Wars fans d- d- don't do that. Uh, there was Carrie Fisher to kind of smack us back into reality and stop taking ourselves, uh, you know, and our passions quite so seriously. And that no, that's she was never I'm really going to miss. I'm really yeah. going to miss that aspect of it. And that sort of you just never know in a world where everything is now. Uh, and and not to say that this is this is every big company. It's not just Disney or Lucasfilm, but where everything is so scripted. It was just so much fun to have somebody like Carrie Fisher when she was going up to the mic. You just never knew what was right. going to come out. Get the censors. And just the fact she did it. She she stood up for everything she believed in. You could not tell her what to do. No. She was, I mean, really, you know, that's what people just need to do. They just need to trust their gut and be confident in themselves. Because if you're confident in yourself, with that comes confidence. And I think that was a quote of Carrie's once. Mm. And it might sound like I'm speaking a very circular sort of way. But if you just... Take a chance on yourself. You will gain whatever confidence you need to do it again. And there's a snowballing effect. And this was something Carrie said once. It was a quote of hers. I can't recall exactly where I heard it, but it was uh, it was it was that it was just if if you are confident in yourself, you will gain confidence. 
I, I do not want to do her quote any uh, injustice. So I'm going to try to actually find the quote itself. Jason, did you tell me that uh, there was actually an official statement from Lucasfilm today? Actually, there's a, yeah, the statements have been pouring in here. Um, while you look for that quote, uh, I'll just uh, read some of these. Uh, first, one of the first ones that came in uh, was Harrison Ford. Uh, of course, the, you know, the the real love across the stars for me, um, those two and Han or Han Harrison. See how it happens. Harrison said uh, Carrie was one of a kind, brilliant, original, funny and emotionally fearless. She lived her life bravely. My thoughts are with her daughter, Billy, her mother, Debbie, her brother, Todd and her many friends. We will all miss her. Uh, Mark Hamill, short but sweet. No words. Devastated. Mm. Uh, George Lucas. Uh, Carrie and I have been friends most of our adult lives. She was extremely smart, a talented actress, writer, and comedian with a very colorful personality that everyone loved. And Star Wars, she was our great and powerful princess. Feisty wise and full of hope in a role that was more difficult than most people might think. My heart and prayers are with Billy, Debbie, and all Carrie's family, friends, and fans. Uh, Peter Mayhew posted a couple of really lovely pictures on Twitter. One I, I've seen a few times. There was a photo shoot with the two of them. I think this is, um, Jim, you might recognize it. They're black and white shots with uh, Carrie climbing all over uh, uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's a more a more recent shot of the two of them. You know, keeping in mind too that um, you know these celebrities that do these appearances and these conventions, uh, they they sort of form their own kind of family. Jim, you and I have been sort of behind the scenes at some of these events, and they're going out to dinner afterwards. They're meeting for breakfast. You know, they're spending these weekends together. They're on tour buses going from the hotel to convention centers together, and they really become very close. And you take someone like Peter Mayhew and his lovely wife, and, and you know, they were with Carrie quite a bit. Uh, Mark also with her quite a bit. Uh, Peter Mayhew, there are no words for this loss Carrie was the brightest light in every room she entered. I will miss her dearly. Billy D, taking to Twitter, I'm deeply saddened at the news of Carrie's passing. She was a dear friend whom I greatly respected and admired. The force is dark today. Anthony Daniels, I thought I had got what I wanted under the tree. I didn't. In spite of so many thoughts and prayers from so many, I am very, very sad. And the, uh, the, the, the comments and the tweets uh, go on and on. Andy Serkis, one of her co-stars from Force Awakens. Dearest Carrie, so incredibly sad to say farewell so soon to such a beautifully honest and unique human being. See you in the multiverse. So J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, in one of his trademark tweets, photographs of one of his note cards, you didn't need to meet Carrie Fisher to understand her power. She was just as brilliant and beautiful, tough and wonderful, incisive and funny as you could imagine. What an unfair thing to lose her. How lucky to have been blessed with her at all. JJ. Oh. So some great, great, great quotes mm. out there. That was the first I heard the JJ. Yeah. 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 I was wondering. I was wondering what he was thinking. I did, by the way, find 
the uh, quote about confidence from mm. Carrie. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually from wishful drinking. I should have known that. But her quote is about when you, when you face a situation where you may feel like you're lacking what it takes to, to, to make a breakthrough. She says, stay afraid, but do it anyway. What's important is the action. You don't have to wait to be confident. Just do it. And eventually the confidence will follow. Mm. But that makes a lot of sense. It's it, she's saying just what Michael Jordan always used to say in those Nike commercials, just do it. Just do and, it. uh, the, Carrie just did a lot and she did a lot for fandom. You know who I'm hearing from right now, Jason is our friend, Mark Barbian, who worked, uh, he was like Carrie Fisher's right hand man during oh, all yes. the, in the official picks autograph yeah, hall. I think she and, was his, or he was her preferred. Yeah. Of that staff. She, she, you know, he was the man, he was the guy for her. Mark is a sweet guy. He's a Chicago boy, and uh, he's reaching out to me right now because he knows what we're doing, and he wants to share some stories. He's on the road right now. Is it okay if we give him a quick call, Jason? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Can we do that? Hello? Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Well, Mark, there's a few people that we can reach out to uh, that have spent uh, you know more time with Carrie Fisher in the last couple of years than you, so we're really fortunate that uh, you're taking a few minutes out just to maybe share some of your uh, recent memories with Carrie and share with our listeners, you know, what you're feeling and what you're thinking right now. Uh, Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Um, Yeah, it's been, uh, been a rough day, obviously uh, for, uh, for any fan. Uh, Grew up with Carrie. Obviously she was our, Probably for a lot of guys <laughs> our age, our first crush. Absolutely. And our, yes. Always yes. be our princess. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the one thing I can say with Carrie, um, the one thing they always say with uh, with celebrities or, or anybody, that, they say never meet your heroes. Right. And I can honestly say with Carrie that couldn't be farther from the truth. She was the real deal. Um <laughs> It's it's uh, it's tough to put in the words how great she how great she was. Yeah, we're in the same boat with you. Um, what are what are some maybe uh, fond memories you have of working with Carrie back at uh, shows like Star Wars Celebration? And I, I mean, my God, you you worked with her at so many different shows. Uh, any sort of behind the scenes insights you can give us about Carrie about what really made her tick? Yeah, I mean, she was. I'll say this is. At every show, and I saw this over the years with every with every fan that came up to her, she treated everybody exactly the same. Um, and she was genuinely interested in, in everything people had to say. Um, and I've seen it where it's not like that at all. And, and that's the one thing with her is it was always like that. And she was always sweet to, to every single person. Um like I said, you know, they said never meet your heroes, but Carrie was definitely a hero that she wanted to be. Mark, what do you think? Um, what do you think she got out of that experience? What, what, was she? Um, you're talking about the sincerity. She enjoyed meeting her fans. Yes. Um, not only, you know, who knows? I, I guess I, she she loved it. She yeah. did. Um, 
and she she loved the interaction. She loved she loved people. She loved telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carrie, the one thing is with Carrie, she was the real article. What she saw was what you got. You know, what she sees is what you get. And she would say what was ever on her mind. And sometimes, sometimes it was uh, entertaining to say the least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I liked about Carrie is she was just such a a faucet of creativity at any given moment. And something I know that you guys at official picks and at other autograph uh, shows you worked at with Carrie, something that was always very much desired by the staff is getting the paper um, tablecloth from Carrie's table because she would take those Sharpie markers and scribble all kind of crazy little slogans and sayings. And tell us some of the funny things that you saw her write down on those things. Well, I still, I still remember. And this was at uh, C2E2, the first, I think the first C2E2, 2010. And, and she was, I think it was the first, I think it was when you guys first interviewed her mm-hmm. um, back at that show. And she was eating, I think she was eating her nachos at the time or something. It was uh, like, chicken but, fingers. Yeah. <laughs> chicken fingers. There we go. Yeah. Chicken fingers. Huh? Um, and uh, I remember at the end of the show, I remember seeing Steve Sansweet uh, rolling up that tablecloth. And he was protecting that with his life. Um, <laughs> which just, I, I still remember, I can still this day picture Steve and the, you know, rolling that tablecloth, looking to make sure no one was watching him basically do it. And he was done that with his life. Uh, Cause that had the that drip, that had the barbecue idea. sauce drippings of a real princess. <laughs> of the real princess. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember um, at celebration five, I did the same thing. I, I took that one home. Um, I asked her first and then she, she ended up uh, signing it to me. Um, but she would write, you know, the people like, I mean, she would write anything. I mean, she, <laughs> Uh, looking for Alderaan in all the wrong places. <laughs> I remember that's that's on my tablecloth. That's the best. Mark, she um, she had a she had a real um, liking for you. I know that a lot of times uh, the uh, the talent will sort of uh, kind of gravitate towards you know certain folks to kind of handle their affairs while they're at shows. What do you think it was that, uh, that you know the bond that the two of you had and 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 how you got along so well? Um, just, uh, listen to her, um, mm-hmm. had normal conversations with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, um, that's one thing I'll always, uh, uh remember is the normal conversations, uh, about my kids, about mm-hmm. at that time, her dad, who wasn't doing so well. Right. Um, right. just stuff like this stuff. Like, it was just normal conversations. Like talking yeah. to a regular person, not somebody that I, you know, grew up just idolizing or, or um, it was, it, it was very, it was very surreal. It was very, it, I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity I got to spend with her. That, that, uh, excuse me guys, sorry about this. No, it's um, It was, um, I was very, I've been very blessed. Yeah. To know Mark, yeah. Mark, how about the reactions that you saw from passionate fans who were meeting Carrie Fisher for the first time. Is there anything that stands out to you from over the years about just a fan reaction that may have even affected Carrie emotionally? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of emotion. 
a lot of emotion. But the the thing that she was able to do with how honest she was with everything that went on in her life, it touched a lot of people in a very positive way. And, you know, a lot of times people could say, oh, that's corny, that's hokey. But I, I saw it. I saw I heard it. I heard the stories. I heard people that, that weren't doing well but because of, of, you know, the book that they read that, you know, which was ranking. So many people were. You know, because you wrote this book, this helped me during this time. And I know people, you know, try to connect and stuff like that, but it was genuine thankfulness and genuine emotion towards her. Um, and I saw it at every show. And it wasn't fake at all. The the fans were... She she touched, and, and you could just see it on Facebook today, uh, on Twitter today. On, on, she touched a lot of people in a very positive way. Um. So I saw I saw a lot of that with people. Mm-hmm. My um, my wife's done a couple of shows with with me as well, and mm-hmm. uh, got to know Carrie pretty well. And and uh, my son um, got to got to meet her a couple of times, and still remember. The, I mean, he was, he was a younger man at the time, but I, I still <laughs> remember when uh, he had a, he had his bag of Legos, and uh, <laughs> Carrie Carrie asked him what was in the bag. Mm-hmm. And he was said he said, Yeah, I have Legos and then she goes, Well, you know, I'm a Lego <laughs> And it was the look on my son he was I think he was seven at the time uh-huh. and uh-huh. he didn't know what to say and then she had explained it to him because she had been made as Legos and stuff. Right. But the way it was that type of humor and that type of um that type of wit, uh, that I just everybody loves. And um yeah. Yeah. Did you notice? <laughs> I, I'm curious. Uh, you know, you you worked with Carrie prior to the Force Awakens, and you worked with her after the Force Awakens. Was there? Was the, did you notice a difference? Was there a certain? Uh, was there more energy uh, with her and 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 doing the shows? Uh, was there, or, or was she just the same? Whether she had just done a big movie or or, or not done a big movie? Yeah, she was. She was the same. Yeah. She was the same. Now the fan, the fan fever was just insane after force awakens in fact it was insane at anaheim um i had never seen it that busy wow wow um and that now a funny story for anaheim was um and and you'll see you know people had gotten the glitter and she she was she's been notorious the last couple years for doing the glitter yes to people (laughs) yes but at, at anaheim and my wife has the pictures of this for proof um and I think she put them up today too. Um, was uh, she? Uh, she put full full makeup on me at that show. Um, lipstick, eyeliner, uh, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know all the makeup. I guess I could say on that, but it was everything. And uh, I that whole that whole day, I was uh, helping people out and got some of the strangest looks I probably have ever gotten. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that makeup stayed on me for at least two days. About I, that was tough to get out. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the photos right now. As a matter of fact, on uh, on your wife's Facebook page, and uh, well, yeah. what, what a beautiful family you have, Mark. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And by the um, way, I, I know it's <laughs> it's difficult at a time like this to remember, but certainly happy holidays to you and. Uh, I hope that you and the whole Barbie and clan managed to find some uh, some joy and happiness. Yes, very much so. Uh, 
went and saw Rogue One a couple of times. Yeah, you know, I saw Rogue One last night, guys. First time in IMAX. And uh, just knowing what Carrie's condition was and, you know, seeing the great reveal at the end of uh, Princess Leia receiving the plans and hearing Carrie's voice say the word hope, it just really gave me chills, boys. It uh, it really... uh, I, it was a moment I didn't want to dwell on it though, yeah. because because we had not received official word yet, but I know I'm going back to see Rogue One yet again this week, and I probably will linger on that moment a lot longer. You know how profound now that it's it's the final moment of that film uh, is right. Carrie and uh, yeah. shows us shows us in a moment. <laughs> Before we ever even meet her, yeah, in the original 1977 film, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and when, you know, when I seen it for the first time, it gave me uh, chills, uh, goosebumps. Um, and now I, I don't. It, that was before, obviously, anything had happened. So right. it's interesting to see how how you feel about the scene now, uh, even more so. Right. Um, and you know, watching the original trilogy for the first time again. Uh, it's very, it's very strange and very, um, it's very different now, yeah. knowing that she's, she's gone and gone too soon. Yeah, Mark, you you posted a beautiful photo of you. It was, I believe, what you may have captioned as your final photo with Carrie, and it's taken from behind as you two are descending down a stairwell, and Carrie has her hand on your back. And it looks like a very friendly and warm moment between the two of you. It looks like you may have been even sort of given her a little hand coming down the steps as well. And she was leaning on you for support. And I think that's probably a a good way of summing up what your relationship was all about with Carrie Fisher is you always were there to offer her support. And in these situations, in these convention halls where there's 60,000 people flowing through those hallways throughout the, the course of a weekend and Carrie is being out there in public exposed to thousands and thousands of people. You were a constant there with her during uh, many of those experiences and uh, someone she could rely on. Uh, you were in essence uh, a, a royalty yourself you were a royal guard in a way <laughs> from alderaan there guarding our princess and and i cannot ever uh uh imagine what what sort of impact that's had on you thus far and what will continue to resonate as you always remember carrie fisher like we always will remember her yeah and it was um all i can say is as a fan that I was a fan. I still am a fan. Uh, obviously, uh, we all are. Um, and I was, I got to do something that, that any fan would have, would have loved to have done. And I'm very blessed and grateful for, for that opportunity. Um, and uh, I love Carrie and I'm going to miss her tremendously. Yeah. Mark, it was great talking to you. Have a very, very fine and happy and healthy new year with your family. You too. And uh, as as a member of the Star Wars family, we we all are sort of in a group hug right now as we uh, mourn the loss of our princess of greatness, actually, a a true American icon, Carrie Fisher. Uh, We have to get used to the new normal now without Carrie. 
And uh, I, I just I want to thank you so much for, for sharing your memories of, of that great woman here with us on Rebel Force Radio. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I, re- I appreciate it. I really do. You got it, man. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. Thanks, Jason. Bye. Bye. All right, Mark. Uh, Barbian, uh, who was uh, with Carrie Fisher uh, many times uh, throughout uh, the last probably better part of the decade at various shows and conventions and uh, was his, uh, as you said, Jim, her royal guard. Which is yeah. really well said. You know, you think Mark's Mark's a big dude. You think twice before messing with him. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and Carrie was so. You know, Carrie was one of those. She's she's actually about the same size as my mom, just barely five foot. Uh, and um, you know, she and I could see eye to eye. I tell you that. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you see her next to Mark, and uh, and that is you know, you can see why she she looked up to him. I'm sure. Um, you know, uh, one last thing before we kind of wrap this up. I think that. Uh, you know, there's, there's, of course, uh, lots of speculation. Where are we uh, in terms of uh, the future of this trilogy that we're in? We do know that uh, principal photography uh, had wrapped months ago on episode eight. Right. We don't know what the plot is. There's a lot of rumor. Uh, we don't know whether uh, the Princess Leia character was... Uh, what her fate is in episode eight, what it would mean for episode nine, of course. Uh, we can assume, until we hear otherwise, that there probably was another film, another Star Wars film in the future for Carrie Fisher. Um, and that is now not going to happen. Uh, so it'll be very interesting um, and sad uh, to see what decisions are made and whether they'll affect the story of episode eight uh, or how, or how they'll deal with it. And I just want to ask you, I kind of put you on the spot, but what do you think the right path is? If, if, if it was, if the, if the way that the story was to be is that princess Leia continued on into the story of episode nine, what, what are your thoughts as a fan what would you like to see them do? We made so much about the death of Han Solo and how much that affected us on a, an emotional level. Mm-hmm. I believe I said on Rebel Force Radio, I felt the saber go through my chest when it went through Han Solo's chest. Han Solo is a fictional character. Carrie Fisher is a real person. Flesh and blood with a soul. And that light has been extinguished. So I think it would be truly awesome and amazing, depending on where they go with Episode 8. We do know that Carrie was supposed to be in Episode 9. That had been thrown out there. I think it was more than just rumor that she was signed up for that. However, you can look into that as much as you want because Felicity Jones was signed up for a sequel to Rogue One, which we certainly know there is not going to be any Felicity Jones sequel to Rogue One. That's interesting. I had not heard that. That was part of the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And that's typical. You know, I mean, that's just typical stuff. Well, they want to cover Uh, their bases just in case. Just in case, yeah. And the story still plays out Mm -hmm. beyond even... The shooting part of production, you know, we know 
that a lot can happen after a principal photography to shape a film. We have Rogue One in theaters right now, which we love. I mean, critically acclaimed across the board, but heavily reshaped following principal photography. Mm -hmm. And you've heard us talk about that over and over again on Rebel Force Radio in 2016. And the truth is starting to come out as we are. We're all reading articles about how the film has been reshaped. We've seen the final film and we understand from some previous footage released in everything from TV spots to sizzle reels to official trailers that the film was heavily reshaped over the course of the last year. Can the same happen with episode eight? Of course it can. The whole story can be changed. Could we see something that would promote the demise of the character of Princess Leia? I got to be honest with you. I have a lot of trouble even thinking about it because the death of Carrie Fisher, the real person, the real human being is weighing so heavily on me right now. But what I would like to see, Jay, because you pose a question and it's a fair question to ask. It's a question I've been seeing across the board on the internet, and I've seen many articles being written about where Star Wars goes. I mean, it, it, it's fair to think that way. I think that it would be very appropriate for us to get a royal send-off to not only the character in spirit in the film, but it would be truly a send-off to Carrie Fisher. A royal, a royal send-off to an icon of epic magnitude in the star Wars galaxy and a woman behind that character who was legitimate Hollywood royalty and someone who meant so much to my generation and all the generations that followed. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see some sort of, you know, just beautiful thing happen in the realm of Star Wars cinema that really meant a lot to us on a human level. Can Star Wars do that? I think it can. I think something beautiful can be created to to provide Carrie Fisher with the the greatest send-off. Who would have thought she would be the first of the big three to go? I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I, I, I can't believe this show. I can't believe we're talking about this. Um, and I'm having a lot of trouble right now even speculating yeah. about the future of Star Wars yeah. because my thoughts right now are with Carrie Fisher and her sure, family. Sure, sure. And, you know, and I'm sure. I mean, it, it, part of me even feels vulgar asking the question, but I know. That, no, 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 know, no, we... Jason. You shouldn't at all because that, that, that we should be thinking about that. This is a Star Wars show. We talk about Star Wars here, yeah. and we need to con- consider where the future of the film franchise is going. We always have known the big three coming into the sequel trilogy. We all knew that they were reaching the end of their story anyway. Okay, yeah. It's just it's unfortunate that Carrie Fisher reached the end of her story <laughs> because while her character may have been primed. For a grand send-off, we certainly were not primed to give Carrie Fisher the grand send-off. Right. But, no, I think it's it's very fair you ask that, Jason. And, and, no, you should not think it's vulgar or you should not be blamed at all. I'm, I'm just being honest with what I'm thinking and feeling sure. right now. These are questions that are of great importance to the Star Wars, the future of the Star Wars saga and the future of the Star Wars franchise. But I, I'm just, gosh, I'm just mourning so much right now. So, <clears throat> Let's 
let's talk about the one and only time we sat down with Carrie Fisher. Um, it was an amazing moment. I think I have kind of unleashed a lot of my memories of that night and uh, feelings about what was going on there. And uh, so I'm going to be happy to present everyone with this this recording we have of the uh, our only conversation with Carrie. And then, as I said, I'm going to follow it up with a nice audio montage of some great Carrie Fisher memories that I think you'll enjoy very much. Just a couple more updates from uh, Twitter. Uh, Daisy Ridley chiming in, uh, devastated at this monumental loss. How lucky we all are to have known her and how awful that we have to say goodbye. Uh, and she actually posted a really, uh, it looks like probably, I don't think she did this, she reposted it, but a, a beautiful meme here of the embrace at the end of The Force Awakens between Rey and uh, Princess Leia. And it says, I will finish what you started. And uh, it's lovely. And then there's a, a little animated gif of the two of them kind of doing a little happy dance around the, the Falcon. Uh, she's in her General Leia outfit. Um, there's a lot of dancing going on this set of Force Awakens. I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. Oh my gosh. And it, you know, we did hear so many reports about what a joyful set it was. And they were really having so much fun and enjoying each other so much. And I'm sure that Carrie Fisher was a huge part of that. A huge part of that. Uh, Felicity Jones reposting a uh, beautiful photo of Carrie and Gary. Gary the dog, Gary Fisher, um, and uh, this this great quote from Carrie's, people are still asking me if I knew Star Wars was going to be that big of a hit. Yes, we all knew. The only one who didn't know was George. So they she had knew. said that a lot. Um, uh, yeah, it was too weird to be anything else. I think she once said. Um, <laughs> I mean, what talking about lightning in a bottle, finding those three, uh, a carpenter, uh, a scrappy young actor who just got, what was he, just on Eight is Enough, uh, Mark Hamill, and, of course, Carrie Fisher, 19 years old. Jim, another a movie, gosh, I can't believe we didn't bring it up, but uh, that I know is super near and dear to your heart, is The Blues Brothers. Uh, uh, the Blues Brothers. Filmed there right in your uh, stomping grounds. Interesting story. When uh, Carrie was shooting Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd uh, and Carrie Fisher had developed quite the relationship. And uh, as a matter of fact, one time they were in the uh, the craft food service tent and they were, uh, you know, eating uh, whatever the commissary food was. And uh, Carrie, for some reason, was eating Brussels sprouts, some a vegetable she hates. And she started choking on the Brussels sprout. Dan Aykroyd was there with her. He jumped up. We're talking... Uh, Elwood Blues running behind Princess Leia doing the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, by the way, shout out to uh, Henry Heimlich and his family. The, the great Dr. Henry Heimlich just passed away this past week. Mm. Um, but he, he gave her the Heimlich maneuver. She spit out that Brussels sprout and, and, and was coughing and everything. And right on the spot, Dan Aykroyd proposed to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> and you, they went as far as actually getting rings and everything, but uh, she ended up going back to her former love, Paul Simon from oh. Simon and Garfunkel. And so, uh, you know, uh, everyone wanted to be a part of Carrie's Hollywood royalty. It freaked out Carrie so much that she didn't want to 
even date people for fear of the fact that they would go public saying, I slept with Princess Leia. <laughs> and I mean, because that was the goal, right? Uh, you know, right, right, to right. bag the princess. But no, she was, she, it, it, it forced her to put up walls from time to time. It forced her to retreat to uh, drugs from time to time. Yeah. And um, she did have some great personal relationships, which are really um, wonderful to hear about in her books. Her one-woman play, of course, Wishful Drinking. I think HBO has thrown that immediately back in a rotation. So it is. It's on demand. To- yeah, so if you have HBO Go or HBO Now, you can uh, stream that. And I highly recommend it. The, the, the very beginning thing she does where she maps out her lineage with Debbie Reynolds and, and Eddie Fisher and then Eddie Fisher running off uh, with Elizabeth Taylor and all of that. It's, you know, it, it's sad, but she does it in such a funny way. I think she's what did she say that um, if my if my if my life was. Not ju- I got to I got to pull this one up. This was a this is a great Carrie Fisher quote. By the way, uh, Dan Aykroyd weighing in on Twitter, uh, saying our beautiful, brilliant, funny, wise, kind, and generous blues sister. So ironic. Christmas was Carrie's favorite thing next to babies. So apparently, she was a big baby fan. Yeah, and there's a story about her spending Christmas with Michael Jackson. You were a little bit friendly with Michael Jackson, weren't you? I was. With him when on his last Christmas. Were you really? I was. What was I, that like that? It was fantastic. It was. It's like you know, it, it, he it was at the hit a big tree, and I did the Princess Leia monologue for his children. Did you really? Yeah, I got paid. Ah. No, no, I got paid nothing. Nothing. I got nothing, but I got a lot of it, and ah. I. I also got, he got me a cell phone. Michael Jackson got you a cell phone? Mm-hmm. So, so you could call him? You know, I never thought of that. Maybe he probably, that's what, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Now, now I feel better. Was he really that he was strange? Dar- no, he was sweet. You could probably get me to come to your house at Christmas and do the monologue. If you got me a cell phone. I need, I need... <laughs> General Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. That's fantastic. Nobody was. Thank you. Worth it, right? Carrie Fisher spending Christmas with Michael Jackson. Here's uh, Here's a great quote she said. I think this kind of sums her up in so many ways. She says, if my life wasn't funny, it would just be true. And that is unacceptable. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great quote yeah and she had a just a what a sense of humor so. yeah and and a brilliant writer i mean to be able to you know writing is hard writing is really really hard and to be precise and to be as uh to be able to put succinctly in her writing style is just um so unique whenever you read any of her books or just look up carrie fisher quotes there is a just a real style to it. You know that it's something from her. There's so much truth in it, and it's always done with as few words as possible. And it's just and of course, great. there's the Princess Diarist, which you heard us talking about right. a few weeks ago from Penguin Random House. That is a great memoir of Carrie Fisher working on the original Star Wars production based on her own private diaries and uh, well, formerly private. And it also does reveal the whole Harrison. Carrie, the Carrison relationship right. 
that uh, went down for uh, several months there while that film was being shot. Amazing stuff. And um, really, uh, all of her books are great. You know, she was a great script doctor in Hollywood, uh, heavily relied upon, uh, rarely credited. And uh, she was someone who actually collaborated with George Lucas on Star Wars Beyond being in front of the camera. She did a lot of punch-up work to Attack of the Clones. Uh, this I know for a fact. As a matter of fact, I think her fingerprints might be on all of the prequel scripts in some way, shape, or form, uh, be it major or minor. And uh, she was uh, someone that George came to rely upon uh, very closely, not only as a friend, uh, not only as a collaborator, but someone he can entrust the Star Wars franchise in at certain moments throughout its history. And uh, that says a lot for her and her capability and her understanding of what makes a good story. Check out The Princess Diaries if you haven't yet, or any of Carrie's books. It's it's just great stuff. And, um, you know, Jason, I hope this doesn't sound like an over an exaggeration, but it was something I was thinking about as I was putting together the montage of news anchors reporting Carrie's death that preceded us at the beginning of this show. And I was, as I was putting it together, I never felt so emotionally attached to any audio production that I've worked on since 9-11. Believe it or not, I hope that doesn't sound like some sort of over exaggeration. But the way that just the way I felt, I was saying to myself, um, "My gosh, uh, when was the last time I felt so heavy right. working with audio and and such a profound sadness?" And believe it or not, folks, it was nine eleven. I was working at CBS Radio at the time, and it consumed me for the for a number of months. And 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 yeah, so I'm, it's I'm just, glad it's, you said that, that because you know I'm glad you said that because I, I want you know for what it's worth I want to let the fans listening to this show know don't let anyone tell you how you should be feeling about this don't let anyone tell you well how, what you, you didn't know her she was an actress you liked her movies blah 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 don't let anyone tell you how you should be feeling you feel what you need to feel. And uh, if this if if this is a loss that you you are feeling deeply, feel it deeply and celebrate the life and the career of this person and everything that made her important to you. And so this idea that, you know, you need to have known someone all their life in order to feel grief. No, this is a real loss. This is um, for a lot of us. that grew up with these films and these characters and these actors. You know, we've said many times, Jim, that, you know, the first time I ever knew what a director was, it was George Lucas. The first time I ever understood what an actor or actress was, it was Mark Harrison and Carrie. They were the first ones I was aware. I remember, I can still remember to this day, sitting in the movie theater, watching Return of the Jedi in May of 1983, I was six years old, and in the theater there would be the exit signs on and the doors to the left and to the right of the theater. Of course, I wasn't reading. I don't know what I thought. I thought the actors were behind those doors acting this thing out on the screen, and I couldn't wait for Princess Leia to walk out that door. And, and, <laughs> and uh, I know, yeah, right? Why didn't anybody tell me? Um, I figured it out eventually. <laughs> trust me. 
I'm still not <laughs> waiting for that. But uh, th- I mean, that was again. That was my. I learned about. Uh, movies, how movies were made, what went into making movies, and what actors and actresses and uh, and directors and concept designers and all that was because of Star Wars. And so, you know, anytime something is that profound uh, of an experience for you, you're going to have an attachment. And you couple that with the fact that it, it seemed like the future of Star Wars was limitless, but it's not. It truly isn't limitless uh, as long as it's tied to mortal people. And unfortunately, part of being mortal is you go in and out of this experience. And uh, so, you know, the next time we get too full of ourselves and say, well, we can do anything. The future of Star Wars is limitless. It's, there's, a, there's an asterisk by that. It's not truly limitless. And we wouldn't want it to be because then it wouldn't be as special. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of answering my own question. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with technology, but you can't use technology to bring back Carrie Fisher. And like you, I hope that they give her a fitting, fitting exit out of the stage door for Star Wars. And um, and I hope they tell a great story with it. I really do. And that's what Carrie would want. Carrie would want it to be a great story. And that's what I hope the future of this trilogy and all the trilogies yet to come and all the stories yet to come are. Just great stories. <sighs> well, you know, we do have broken hearts here, but... I think it's time to celebrate Carrie and let's go back and remember her as she was with all of her great humor, her great off the cuff remarks, her pure attitude and presence, her inspiration, her devotion, her, what did I say? Acerbic wit. Mm. I love that term. Um, and, and I loved Carrie. I loved her so much. I love princess Leia. I will love her forever. And, uh, I, uh, am am grateful Jason that you and I did have a brief opportunity to spend a few minutes with Carrie Fisher. And and I'm very happy that we're able to share that with our listening audience. And, uh, again, we'll be, uh, following that up with some wonderful moments from, Carrie Fisher's life, her career, and her personality. And uh, so we want you guys to celebrate uh, Princess Leia. We want you to celebrate Carrie Fisher. Uh, she was she was. She was an actress, writer, daughter, friend, mother. Like you said she was the Star Wars matriarch, but yet she was always our little sister, too. She was always the princess that we wanted to rescue from cell block AA-23. B-I-L-A 
L. Uh, I'm trying my tattoo out. Is this a tattoo you want or a tattoo that you're going to get? I might get it. I've been wanting to get it, but I can't figure out which way to do it. It doesn't really look very good, does it? It looks like a clock with letters. That's my daughter's name. So we're talking tattoos with Carrie Fisher at C2E2 in Chicago. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm good. I'm eating as I'm talking now. Well, it's a, truly a pleasure to meet you, and I'm a big fan of your book, Wishful Drinking. Well, thank you. And it's, it's not a book for the faint-hearted. That I got to say. Well, you know, you don't have to go through everything I went through, though. Okay. I guess it would be tougher to go through it than yeah. to just read no, about it. Yeah, no, you know. Well, what do I say? My life, if my life wasn't funny, it would just be true, and that's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. My, my favorite uh, blurb about the book is, is what happens when two Hollywood stars mate? The answer is Carrie. That's right. And of this course, is, you get something a little bit like this. And, of course, your dad was... Uh, is. Uh, is, I'm sorry, uh, well, Eddie Fisher and your mom's Debbie Reynolds. That must have been a wild house to grow up in. I'm a big fan of Albert Brooks' mother. Is... Debbie Reynolds, anything like that character in real life? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. She's certainly uh, very fond of being in control. That's not an unusual trait. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's a little more open-minded than that. Yeah. And did she, like, she really prepped you for a career in, in Hollywood, didn't she? Yeah. I mean, essentially, it was certainly not discouraged. I sort of like to discourage my daughter a little bit or certainly tell her that if you go in show business as an actor which i don't recommend but whatever then at least get another side job Mm -hmm. because you have to wait for people to give you a job when you act right 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 so So it's it's better to also be in charge you know on some other front now we were talking uh jason and myself were talking before we came in here about how wild it must have been in that house with people like Frank Sinatra showing up for parties. I didn't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I ever really saw Frank Sinatra. No. Oh well, no, no, no. I didn't. I met him later on uh, with um, my father and uh, Paul Simon, my husband at the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you were married to Paul Simon too. I mean, your life is just incredible, and that's why Wishful Drinking is such a great book, is because you chronicle it. I guess the best you could. <laughs> in terms of what I can remember based on ha- the fact that I've had electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, whatever cell damage I did with LSD. Your mom thought you were addicted to LSD. I just, I, picturing that is one of my, although, I was picturing me shooting LSD. Shooting it, yes. But uh, the other day I actually met a girl that shot ecstasy. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be a nightmare? I wouldn't know. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that sounds a little too hardcore, even for Princess Leia. Abs- well, you know, the, I used my coupon. I used everyone's coupon. <laughs> uh, for someone who grew up, like Jimmy was saying, in a house of celebrity, and you've been around Hollywood your entire life, is it hard for you to imagine why folks would queue up in a line and wait all day, you know, to, to meet someone who's, you know, done some films that they really, really care a lot about? There's not that many people that I would certainly uh, wait to get a signature from. I, some, a part of me doesn't understand the phenomenon, and then, uh, then I kind of do. I mean, it's sort of, 
making a record of having contact with someone that, you know, you like their work. I always, Cary Grant was one person that I liked, and that I liked that way. Uh-huh. And I would have gone to great lengths to meet him. But I, my mother actually had him call me, Whoa. which is in the book, yeah. about my acid problem. Because actually Cary Grant... Uh, experimented with acid with his doctor and i always tried to imagine did the doctor do it with him (laughs) you know did he get in like a hospital gown i mean how did it go down who was his doctor timothy leary no but actually i knew timothy yeah but i think they they didn't really overlap he and timothy no 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 i i wouldn't imagine at all and of course um you know the, the big break for you you're princess leia everyone knows it and everyone loves it and uh Everyone in Hollywood auditioned for that role. Uh, Sissy Men, Spacek. women. <laughs> yes, Sissy Spacek, um, Cindy Williams, uh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, I think which she one, did. Which one of those three do you think would have been good at the role? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster? Yeah. Now, what kind of um, quality does she have that would have She's gay. The, she's gay. <laughs> well, no, uh, no. <laughs> she's out, right? I think so. I think so. I, well, I don't... Well, well, actually, no, I'm out, kidding. But... She has a very strong personality, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, someone who seems quite capable and and not very fearless. Right, someone who could stand up to Harrison Ford. Yes, that's and the job. In wishful drinking, you do reveal that you had an affair with Harrison. No, I don't. Well, <laughs> not really. A little bit. Um, have you talked to Harrison since that? Yeah, I just saw him um, on Oscar night at some party. And I asked him, you know how they have the uh, the reel on all the people that died? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I asked him if he would be in my death reel <laughs> and if he would sing. He would sing. Yeah. That's just something I want. Well, because they did that thing with John Hughes. They brought out all these actors yes, that worked right. with him. So I figure, you know, they'll bring out, depending on, of course, when it happens. Yes. Uh, they can. There's a lot of people they can bring out. He's going to sing... Melancholy Wookie. No. I, <laughs> you have the two picked up. Have you ever heard Harrison sing? I don't think I've ever heard him sing. No, and I don't think we're missing much. <laughs> Carrie, you were talking about Jody maybe uh, playing a, a decent uh, Princess Leia. One of the kind of the lines you had to walk with that character is between the damsel in distress and sort of the tough broad. Right. Um, was, was that tough? Did you? Was there one direction you wanted to go uh, as opposed to, to the other with the character? Or Well, what I found out as I've gotten older, is nothing is just one thing. So if you want the character, I don't know. It's it, it, it to play it just either it, damsel in distress. You know, I think it's not damsel damsel, not very much in stress. But if I am in stress, help me out here. You know, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't. Right. I don't think it works as damsel in distress very much. Mm-hmm. But you play it a little complex, right? Right, right. Well, what was cool about Princess Leia is, yeah, she was at Damsel in Distress, but she was clearly capable of handling herself. Handling her stress herself, either with, you know, opiates or <laughs> LSD. The things that were going on in that detention block are... And actually, uh, <laughs> nothing much was going on in there. They yeah. just had warm water, and Mark was acting so hard that he burst a blood vessel in his eye. Now that was in the scene in the uh, trash compactor. Trash compactor. Yes. So that we had they couldn't shoot they had they shot the metal scene afterwards so he had to 
smile really hard mm-hmm. so that you couldn't see the non-whites of his eyes. <laughs> that's right. But there you go. That's not scary, is it? <laughs> and uh, when Star Wars came out, you hosted Saturday Night Live. And this was at a time when not only Star Wars was innovative, fresh, and exciting, but Saturday Night Live was innovative, fresh, and exciting. What memories do you have of that? And was that the first time you met John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd? I don't think it was the first time I met them, no. No, it wasn't. Um, I'd hung out a lot, actually, with John. Right. And then John... Sorry, I'm eating. (laughs) John set me up with Danny Aykroyd Uh after that, and we got engaged. Yes, that's right. That's right. There you go. Engaged to a blues brother. And here we are in Chicago. And this is where he proposed to me. In a trailer, which is really, I recommend, many proposals <laughs> do happen in a trailer. Okay, so that I was that up then. So, so, so he proposed to you while you guys were shooting Blues Brothers. Is this your first time back to Chicago since you shot I that? I think it is. Wow. I'm not positive, though, because mm-hmm. my memory, you know, isn't that good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it is. Certainly, I spent a, quite a bit of time here. Yeah. And they actually had a blues bar here when we were shooting. Which was funny. And they had Patty, the girl that uh, sold mescaline. Patty, the mescaline girl. The mescaline girl? Sure, sure. Like, our neighborhood has a good humor man, a mailman, and a mescaline girl, too. So every, That's Chicago Every home <laughs> should have one. Exactly. <laughs> but, well, I got to say, you know, it's so great to have you back. And I'm a huge fan of the Blues Brothers and everything you guys uh, did with that. I think it's one of the great all-time classic comedy movies. Um, in Empire, you worked with Irvin Kirshner. Um, any thoughts about him? Well, I just heard he was ill. Yeah, yeah. I didn't to, know that. There was what, a function. What, he had what did they say? I, you know, that's all I heard, too. Was that... Uh, oh, God, he, I hope it's not... He must be getting up there now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's in his uh, late 80s, at least. No! Is he that old? Yeah, I or think so. I mean, we, just, we just saw him a couple years ago, and he was just as sharp as anything. Well, yes. I mean, and you know, either you get cancer, or my, like my dad, you get dementia. You got Something's got to give at that point. Yeah. yeah. I just hope it's not anything really serious. Yeah, I hope everything's okay with Kirsch. And you enjoyed working with him? He's awesome. He's, I like, mean, very into zen and, and that sort of He was philosophy. Yoda. He was Yoda, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm telling you, he, Yoda had the biggest part in Empire, no? Mm-hmm. And Kirsch was Yoda. He used to do a good imitation. Oh, really? <laughs> now, see, that's something we have to remember if we get a chance to talk to Kirsch again. But uh, Empire was probably, most fans say that that was their favorite. Mine, film. too. You find that was the case? Absolutely. And what about the prequels? What did you think about those? You know, I thought they were really good. I mean, the problem is... You know, um, that George didn't, George got compared to himself, you know, when yes. they when they reviewed it unfavorably. I mean, the thing is, he invented the genre. Mm-hmm. So visually, up until now, Avatar, you know, he was the first person to ever do effects on that scale. Unless, yeah. I don't know when 2001 came out, but this was certainly more accessible than 2001 let's say yeah without without a doubt without a doubt carrie you seem to be in the last few years having a lot of fun uh being a pop culture icon we we see we've seen you in in fanboys uh fairly recently uh the emmy nominated uh, turn on 30 rock which was hey really i got cool. nominated for a grammy and the grammy for the that's audio hilarious book. to me wow yeah right um does that mean we're going to be seeing more of you You'll be seeing my legs uh, next year. 
And you won't see my <laughs> till like way down the line. Oh, damn. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I did a pilot. Is that what? Yeah, I did a pilot with Deborah Messing. Oh, great. And so we'll see if that happens. And I have another book that I'm, they want me to finish yesterday. And, uh, oh, and they're doing my show for HBO, I think. So that, that's a lot. Oh, and also there, I'm adapting The Best Awful, my last novel, for Lifetime. It's a four-hour thing wow. with Meg Ryan as me. Well, that's oh, cool. awesome. I mean, your, your career is certainly vibrant. Wistful Drinking's out on stands now. Uh, get the audiobook even. I, we, we totally recommend it. I, I got one last question for you. If you knew then what you know now, <laughs> would you have accepted that infamous role in The Burbs with Tom Hanks? Uh, oh, I had the most fun shooting The Burbs of any of the films I ever did. We had a blast. Wow. So very definitely <laughs> that. I, I, You know, the film, I did this film that was supposed to be... You know, this kind of little eclectic mm -hmm. sci-fi film that was a great script, but it certainly misbehaved. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I would have done it. I just would have been nice if they'd prepared me for it. Well, how, how can anybody be prepared for that, exactly. though? I mean, yeah. it, it, no, it but I was, was young enough to take the blow, sort of. And I don't mean cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wishful Drinking by Carrie Fisher, available now on the Internet, at the bookstore, everywhere. In your bathroom. Are you still doing the stage show? Yeah, I will be doing it. I just have to finish this other stuff, and then, you know, we're just trying to work. I'm hopefully coming here to Chicago. Oh, I would love to see it. I, I really, really want to see it. So that's Wishful Drinking. Of course, you have your website, CarrieFisher.com. Do I? Yeah. 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 And you're on Facebook How's now. How's it going? I, I am not on Facebook. Well, you are on Twitter, though. I am on Twitter, and I blog at times, but... You know, I'm, but I'm not. Someone else is saying they're me on Facebook. Who's that girl I've been talking to? No, you have not. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Well, you've had a, a nonstop line of fans all day here at C2E2. We'll let you get back to them. Um, for me, it was a huge pleasure to talk to you. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. And I'm glad we finally. Got I've to always show. wanted to talk to you too. I, you know, I heard that through the grapevine. That's why we it, had now to make my it life is complete. <laughs> oh, the, thank see, you, Carrie. See the well, chemistry. Not quite, so I have a reason to go on. Nice thank to meet you, Gary. Thank you so much. You served my father in the Clone War. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the enemy. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to a person. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. My ship has fallen under attack. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm afraid my mission to bring you to all wrong Spain. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Into the memory systems of the Sarg to you. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. My father, my father, my father will know how to treat you. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on all. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Carrie will forever be known as Princess Leia. Just look at some of what her image has been put on. Shampoo, cookie jar, doll. It has to be so, <laughs> has to be so surreal. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, no, my fantasy is to uh, 
drop acid and get locked in a closet and all this stuff. <laughs> and that'll be how I go. Oh, no, but I mean, this is the best one. This is the shampoo where you can twist off my head and pour liquid out of my neck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Freud would have had a ball with this. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Help me! Why, you stuck up... Half-witted... Scruffy-looking... Nerf-herder! Hey, are you... No. But you look just... Like her? I've been hearing it all my life. It's uncanny. I was up for Princess Leia. I was this close. So who gets it? The one who sleeps with George Lucas. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a, a sore subject for you. Sure you didn't. None of them did. So how can I help you? Or do you want me to tell you who you look like? Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Welcome to Party Beach. Say, what's your name? Oh, I'm Princess Leia. Wow, real princess from outer space. Get your meat hooks off of him, your highness. He's my guy. Wait a minute. You've got me all wrong. I'm no cheap tramp from tomorrow. I'm no space slut. I'm a teenager from outer space. Try to make it in the human race. Although I come from another world, I'm really a very nice girl. And even though I drop from the sky, your foul stench when I was brought on board. So. You had an incredible body and beautiful breasts. Well, thank you. That you were told to tape down, is that right? I had to tape them down because they, there was no underwear in space. Who knows that, though? George. He knows there's For no underwear? fact. Well, it's true. When you see the film of outer space, of, you know, Venus, and they come back with the images, I haven't seen a bra or panties in or any of those shots. That's yeah. true. 
Sir Lucas said, Carrie. No underwear in space. I'm ordering you, get him off. Put the gaffer tape on him. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. I went on the film saying, I'm going to have an affair, like it was a kiwi or something. An exotic fruit, because I'd never had one. And did you have any exotic fruits? Oh, I can't tell you that. You can. You can tell me anything. I you know want. I can't. I had. Uh, I think I had something that happened. You know, I had a crush on Harrison for sure. Oh. There you go. Did they compete for your affections? Harrison wouldn't have. I mean, Harrison. He wouldn't have a competition with Mark. It's. A, it's an uneven competition. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Why would he? Because he would be cool because on that front, Mark... He'd win. He'd win. He'd win. He'd win. So it would be mean to have a competition. Was he a cool guy just out of character, just to hang out with Harrison Ford? Yeah, he, he could be a lot of fun. He's great when he's had a few drinks. <laughs> it was very... No, I'll tell you one thing. No... Well, yeah, tell me one thing, tell me one thing. I know, but I want to get in so much trouble. No, you won't. I, honestly, I don't he mind. He did something funny, which was, I went out of the room and I came back in, I'm looking for him, and he was in the closet hanging by his tie, <laughs> not wearing a lot of clothes. <laughs> so that was funny. That's brilliant. He that was naked was in, a, in a wardrobe in your room, hanging by his tie. To scare me. Was the tie around his neck? Yes, it was. Okay, that's good. I thought about it for 30 years. I stopped singing for 30, I finally decided to sing When you did uh... Happy days are here again The skies above are clear again So let's sing a song of cheer again Happy days are here again I used to sit in the bathtub the night before go over my lines, uh, like the one in the hallway where I would say, um, this is some rescue. When you came in here, did you have any plan for getting us out? When I went in the next day to do the scene, the entire hallway was blowing up. So there was no other way to do it, but this is some rescue when you came in! You know, so that after that, I would memorize my lines and wait to see if we were being blown up or not, which we were a lot. And George really wouldn't, say anything he would at the beginning he would say faster or more intense and um, I didn't know what that meant I thought it meant that I was just not very good and, or whatever and then uh, I found out that that was okay I don't remember how I found I think maybe Harrison told me that when he didn't talk that you were that you know when he didn't say anything that it, that's he was getting what he wanted i have a bad feeling about this i don't want to get back in the middle of the bikini and just like walk around the house like an idiot you know <laughs> answer the doorbell what what is it oh th this whole thing i'm just wearing my <laughs> my home style metal bikini i'll come out with a line of metal bikinis for women over 40. really oh very nice <laughs> right okay i might be in i might be interested in for dignity. Uh, <laughs> dignity is if always If you want important. dignity, you wear metal bikinis over 40. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so Leia's back? She is. She is. She's been sitting in my house <laughs> and watching me. No, she's back, And uh, but I, I like to call her Old Leia now. I'd like to be like a cologne called Old, old Leia. Old Leia. Probably so, you know. Mm. You never know. You never know. The smell of, like, mildew and outer space. <laughs> 
You, that was, Star Wars was your very first job, and you hadn't even left drama school. I had not left no. drama school, and I think you can tell <laughs> in uh, my, my glorious work. Well, I think you can also, you know, all the Shakespeare that I studied here, I think you can see that throughout all the scenes, in the trash compactor especially. <laughs> uh, but uh, there is sort of, I, t I talk with this terrible... Governor Tarkin, I thought I recognized your foul stench when I arrived on board. <laughs> and it's been embarrassing me ever since, see? Did you ever see um, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Do you remember the scene with um, Jabba the Hutt? Well, Jabba had as, as his prisoner um, Princess Leia. Princess Leia was wearing this um, gold bikini thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, oh, Princess Leia in the gold bikini. Oh, every guy our age loved that. It's huge, yeah. That's the moment when, when, you know, she stopped being a princess and she became, like, you know, a woman. Do you still have that bikini? I never had that bikini. Who's got the bikini? George, and he wears it all the time. And he just won't let anybody else have it. That bikini. I'm blind in my left eye. That's because of you. It didn't move. So Boba Fett... If I laid down, could see all the way to Florida. Oh, my goodness me. So that was nice for him. I love Florida. People probably know now that Disney bought the rights to Star Wars. I'm a they Disney princess. Film. Yes, you are now a Disney princess. And um, so are you, you, and you were the original Princess Leia. So are you, gonna, are you looking forward to Princess Leia coming back in these films? She's never been gone. As far <laughs> as I know, she's been with me forever. Am I looking, I, you know, I like to think of it as kind of like old Leia. Like sway-backed old Leia the horse. <laughs> or uh, old Leia the perfume. Old princess. Yeah. You know, that royal smell. Um, I like the idea of being Mrs. Solo and we've just fought and fought and I killed him. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. You have remorse. You That's now. right. I feel I like badly that. and I probably had an affair with some general. <laughs> We celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony, a day of joy we all can share, together joyously, a day that takes Transform into the Force.